Hello, and welcome to the All Things Hadoop podcast. I'm your host, Joe Stein, founder and principal consultant of Big Data Open Source Security, LLC. This is episode 21, a talk with Michael Stack, Lars Afonsol, and Andrew Bertel. And now, on to the show. Hey, Joe. Uh, I'm Michael Stack. I'm, um, I'm on the HBase PMC. I'm a long-time um, committer, contributor to HBase. I got involved in uh, Hadoop a long time ago when I was working at the Internet Archive, and we were building um, distributed search indices. Doug Cutting was working there, too, and he had some clusters where he um, broke out the original versions of Hadoop from uh, Nutch. He was there where he started playing with, like, uh, distributed crawl of the web, the first versions of uh, Hadoop. I work at Cloudier in San Francisco. That's me. Hey, this is uh, Lars Hoffenthal. Um I'm an architect at Salesforce, and uh, I came to the HBase Hadoop world about three years ago when we decided here to uh, make HBase part of our core infrastructure here. I'm Andrew Patel. I'm a um, HBase committer and PMC member. I got involved in HBase and Hadoop uh, around the year 2007. At the time, I was working for a uh, computer security company, and we were looking at uh, an exponential growth curve in terms of the data that we had to process for um, for internet threat data. And so, casting around in panic for uh, solutions, we came upon uh, the Hadoop ecosystem and HBase, and uh, they say the rest is history. That's great. Um, Lars, can you tell us a little bit about the use case that uh, you use uh, HBase for? We have what other folks might call an auto trail for you know for our data that's stored with our service, and this auto trail, you know, as you can imagine, is actually much more data than the actual data that the auto trail is about, and we've seen uh, scalability issues with that with like traditional relational databases and so, so the first use case is to offload this data, all the auto trail data, since it's immutable, uh, to HBase. That's the first use case and right now the only one I can talk about. That's great. Um, uh, Michael and Andrew, maybe you can speak a little bit to what HBase has uh, had going on the last couple months and you know what's going on now and uh, you know what's coming up uh, in the near future. We'd like to highlight uh, HBaseCon 2014, which is coming up May 5th in San Francisco. Uh, we'd love it if folks would come. Um, we have a, a pretty, I don't know, it seems, it seems like an interesting agenda to me when I look at it. We have a, we have like a, Lars will be talking about the Salesforce use case. Um, uh, Lian um, Tang will be talking about um, um, new developments in HBase at Facebook, and then um, the, the the actually the the big table team at Google uh, they're trying to make connection with the community, and they um, they're going to come and talk about the state of big table since the paper was published, where you know what what's, what they've done since the original the original publication. That paper publication in 2006. So um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to that one in And then you know the, we have like four tracks of like amazing, amazing stuff. Some really great use cases. That is a 
they're using it in interesting ways. So, but as I've been using it for years, doing like um, crazy scale. So, uh, in terms of what's been going on uh, recently uh, with HBase, uh, we've had um, uh, now a succession of uh, two major releases. Uh, our dot nine six release, uh, so-called Singularity, uh, took us. Uh, pretty far into the future from um, where we were with HBase uh, 0.94. Uh, 0.94 has become sort of our long-term stable branch, I suppose. Uh, but lo there's uh, loads of, uh, of great new features in 96, and, and definitely the future of HBase is 96. Since Stack was the release manager of 96. Sure, sure yeah. 96, uh, we call it singularity because you have to start and start the cluster. You have to start and stop your cluster because we brought everything up on top of a protobuf. Uh, everywhere we persist, um, whether into the file system, into Zookeeper, or on uh, when we do RPC, it's all uh, protobuf all the time. And um, that that was a big job. Took a long time. Probably the main reason it took so long for HBase 96 to come out. Yeah, what Stack was just talking about the the promise of being able to do uh, uh, rolling upgrades, uh, not just between um, uh, point releases, but across major versions of HBase, uh, and and actually, uh, we I think we've achieved that with the .98 release, which is the next major release of HBase after 96. Uh, we have tested scenarios where we have mixed uh, 96 and 98 servers uh, running together happily in a cluster, uh, unaware that they're uh, from from different release lines. Um, so so that uh, the pain that we took. Uh, getting past the singularity, I think, was well worth it. Uh, 98 introduces a number of uh, new security features. We have uh, a uh, before and uh, and actually uh, all HBase versions after .92. Um, we I think it's 92. We've had a um, uh, access control list based security model, and this would be very similar to uh, the users who have used uh, Postgres or MySQL or any, or any relational database. Um, you can grant permissions of uh, the familiar permission set read, write, uh, execute, create, uh, admin on uh, tables and column families. In 98, though, we've extended the uh, the ACM model down to the cell level, so uh, those permissions can actually be uh, entered into uh, in it or, or applied to table objects uh, on a on a per cell basis. Uh, while working with uh, cell level access control facilities, we added a um, visibility label feature. So this is something that would be familiar to Accumulo users and. In fact, we've taken some steps to make our our API and semantics uh, similar to uh, what Accumulo provides. So uh, on a per cell basis, you can uh, specify a visibility expression, and then later when going to query HBase, uh, you can provide a set of, uh, you know, we call them authorizations in that context, but again, they're really labels. Um, the, the label that you specified earlier on the... Um, uh, in the visibility expressions. And so according to how uh, the visibility expression is evaluated, the uh, cell will be visible to the requester or not, uh, depending on what authorizations were provided. 
and uh, how we build authorizations is, is pluggable, which is interesting. So we can do uh, do things that a Camino can't. Um, for example, uh, integrate with enterprise identity uh, management systems for uh, for building the the effective set of authorizations for uh, for users. And also, um, we introduced a new file format, HFile version three, uh, which uh, supports the new per cell security feature goodness and also a uh, transparent encryption feature. So that we can now persist uh, HBase data at rest such that uh, accidental leaks of sensitive information stored in HBase tables uh, either uh, by direct uh, HDFS access to HBase files, um, sorry, H direct access to HBase files stored in HDFS um, by improper permissions or um, uh, improperly disposed disks uh, can be prevented. Just on, on 96, because it was such a big release for us, I suppose the other main features that have been uh, improved mean time to recovery, you know, HBase is a more consistent store, so that means, you know, that consistency is about, like, read time. So um, we won't show you data unless, you know, it's what you wrote. Um, what was last written, and um, so what that means is, like, a, if, a, if a server goes away, some portion of the namespace will be offline for some period of time, and getting this data back online as fast as possible. We spent a bunch of time on on uh, improving that in '96. And there's a bunch of other stuff too, but people can go read them there on hbase.org on the blog. Uh, I don't know if uh, can someone speak a little bit to uh, running HBase in Yarn or on Mesos or any of uh, uh, the different type of resource negotiation type systems. This is a general problem in the in the heavy ecosystem. I think you know um, not having all the individual components standing stepping on on top of each other. Uh, I think ongoing this 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 uh, there'll be a lot of work done in this space um, in terms of us. You know, we have a problem. We've, got, we've always had a problem running, you know, side by side with same Mapreduce and crazy Mapreduce that sucks up all the I/O and various community uh, recommendations for how you make these things. You know, how, how best to set this stuff up um, on your particular clusters. Um, it's you know, like it's it's you know, container. Um, um, in the old days, you know, C grouping off uh, HDFS from um, from the MapReduce uh, task and uh, helped with uh, say HBase and HDFS. Um, it's, yeah, I, I see this, you know, resource management, um, making, uh, having all the components so they don't just all step on top of each other is um, that's where there will be a lot of development going forward. That's great. Uh, so, what are what are some different ways that folks can, you know, let's say they get started with HBase, but they've got a whole bunch of data somewhere. Like, what are the different ways for folks to kind of be able to move data in and out of uh, HBase and go from where they're not using it to, you know, where lots of their data is in there and they're able to start doing processing? Uh, well, that's a really good question. I think that, um, you know, in the Apache ecosystem, there's the Scoop tool, right, which can, uh, if you have an existing relational database, you can 
provide a mapping between uh, that and an HBase table, we'll run the tool, and, and produce an import of the data. Um, and you think more generally, actually, I was having a conversation with, um, with some engineers uh, at a company who were looking at, uh, they have this uh, large data table in Cassandra they wanted to, um, to port this data into HBase and, and, and do some things with HBase. And they were asking me, well, what's the, what's the solution for this? What, what kind of tool can you recommend? And, and I think that, that, that uh, as often is the case in, in, in um, NoSQL data stores, uh, in Apache in general, there, there really isn't a tool, right? It's almost like you have to build a, a, a one-off to, to get the data into your system. Um, I mean, but uh, getting back to other tools that might be available in the Apache ecosystem, there's also Apache Flume, right? Which is a you can uh, you can look at that as a as an as an event bus and uh, with a support for syncing data into HBase and uh, support for sourcing data from a variety of um, uh, of inputs, uh, HTFS files. Uh, syslog and, and whatnot. HBase also supports bulk loading, where you can um, generate uh, H-files, the um, actual storage files that HBase will use while running it online. You can generate them offline with a MapReduce job out of, you know, whatever your source data is, and, and then just map these files into running HBase. So after the files are generated the the mapping into running HBase is almost instant. So if there's a lot of data per move then then that's a very good way to do it. But you're just generating all your data offline and just map it in, into the running HBase uh, in a very quick step. That's that's being done through the M uh, H file output format. And we also have have a tool that's built into HBase and can parse certain forms of CSV files, and then uh, generate the storage files out of them, and then automatically map them into HBase. So that's another way to load a lot of data into HBase. So when the uh, MapReduce job is over, do you then just do uh, like an fs you know mv, and then just move the files into the HBase directory, or do you reduce right into the HBase directory? There's a there's an RPC or or a method you'll call an HBase, it's called load incremental H files, and that essentially just does a the MV indeed, but it does some extra checks. It checks whether the H files are still split in the right way so they can just be mapped to uh, HBase regions, and if that is all the case, it'll just, in fact, just move them. So folks yeah. can just set that up as a, you know, a, a, a secondary job after the initial, you know, make my H files, and then another job that can go and take those and you know, run the load command. Yes. Great. Yes. Or you can make it part of your job anyway, and then that's what some of some of our tools are already doing. As an example, the key thing we're doing is here we're building a a new system that we call system of record here, which means it's backed up, it has disaster recovery, it's highly available, it's being monitored and managed by automated tools and we're building HBase as one of those systems here that will run alongside all of our relational databases here. And so it's more 
build as a platform where the entity history or the auto trail use case I I uh, mentioned is the first use case on top of that, but the goal is to actually have a platform that we can then use for all kinds of new use cases where data might not even touch the relational space and be only in HBase or it might be in both stores where we offload some of the computations into HBase. But the, but the main goal is to build a platform that will uh, enable the rest of Salesforce to build stuff on top of HBase. So it's a really big deal. I mean, we're rolling this out with a, a significant portion of all of our servers will run HBase. So it's a large fraction of all of our servers that will end up running HBase. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, do you, do you mind if I ask, um, are you using uh, Apache Kafka in any of that? We are using that. Um, that's for a different project that is not integrated yet with HBase, but we are using that for uh, some, some of our internal metric recording. It's not integrated yet, but it's, but it's on our list of things to do and then take this data and also end up storing it in HBase. Yeah, that's great. I can imagine there's a lot of good uses for things like, um, you know, coprocessors and other server-side type of functionality that yes. HBase supports that other systems don't that make it, uh, you know, very attractive to do those type of systems that you're talking about. We have a, a project here that's called, in, uh, that's called Phoenix that is a SQL layer on top of HBase. And we, we recently open-sourced that. It's now a in the Apache incubator, and you know it's a very nice. It's implemented as a as a library on the client, and a library that's running on the servers. As you know, it has some filters, some coprocessors there, and you know, there's no extra servers you have to stand up, and it gives you SQL on top of HBase, including secondary indexing, including uh, query. Parallelization. We're planning to add um, that to HBase, so then we can actually have a um, have a real query planner and optimizer. That's not done yet. The stat part is not done yet, but you can already use that to to query all your data in uh, HBase via SQL, and it will make very efficient use of the server resources you will be willing to throw at a query. And um, we're using that for, in fact, we're using that for all of our use cases. Yeah, that's SQL great. Layer. Yeah. Um, can someone speak to uh, kind of what the future of Phoenix and HBase and you know any other projects that they may be involved in? Phoenix is very much in flux, right? And we're, we're they're just um, rolling out version 3.0 right now. It's an RC. Um, the the main plan is to make it more and more SQL compliant and then add everything that needs needs to know about schema. Like certain optimizations, they they need to know about data types and schemas so you can run your queries more efficiently, right? Or we can think about different types of the encoding, how we encode stuff in Phoenix on top of HBase that we can then make use of the metadata that Phoenix has about your data to, to optimize the queries better. That's the main that's that's the main short term goal for uh 
Phoenix. Um, it's not really a long-term plan, really, as of yet. We, we might end up adding transactions at the, the Phoenix layer. We'll be discussing this here a little bit, but got no concrete plans for that as of now. Has anyone expressed interest in uh, creating some type of injection layer in Phoenix so that it can support other and different type of databases so the client could just have kind of one SQL implementation and then it could access Accumula or HBase or Cassandra or VIAC or, you know, what have you? So. Well, so, so, uh, so Phoenix is very tightly coupled to HBase. So it is fast because it only cares about HBase. But it is itself, it's actually just a JDBC driver. So it would be the layer that you would use other software on top to, to access different databases. So you, you would just write a JDBC client that can now talk to Oracle, to Postgres, to MySQL, and it can also talk to HBase because Phoenix is just, to the client, it just looks like a JDBC driver. Got it. And in, and in terms of uh, HBase, so um, we're, we're, we're getting ready for our 1.0 release. It's, it's been a long time coming. But um, I suppose we clean up and um, you know, just making ourselves presentable so we can call ourselves 1.0. Cleaning up deprecated APIs and uh, enabling some, some final features that we think are necessary to, so we can, uh, and, you know, be all grown up now, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, just going forward, um, multi-tenancy, um, you know, SLA guarantee, um, playing better in the uh, ecosystem generally, uh, sitting better with the other components. Just sort of, you know, faster, bigger, um, you know, 96 addressed some interesting scaling issues when you start to get up into the thousands of nodes. Things that made sense at 100 nodes don't make sense anymore. Um, you know, more stable is sort of what people are asking for. Security. Security is a big one. Uh, and and you underlined that. Yeah, that was undermined by the 98 rule. You know, being, being, being a better citizen in the, in the ecosystem. Yeah. Same with the others. Yep, and uh, for all of us here, spend a lot of time to uh, to optimize the HBase. Yeah, thanks for the handoff, Lars. Actually, I was uh, going to try to make an attempt to to try to tie everything uh, that we've talked <laughs> about together. The thread that ties all this together is that uh, HBase adoption is in, in increasing, is pushing into uh, roles in enterprises that have been. Or have been have been the ground for traditional data warehousing solutions, and so so we're getting exposed to new users, new use cases, uh, new requirements, and that's where, in a sense, HBase is a is a completely user driven project. A lot of the things that we talked about have fallen out. Right, so 96 is mean time to recovery. Is about people needing HBase to be more highly available than it has been previously. The new security features in 98. Because um, many uh, many users and use cases demand uh, the ability to segregate data access uh, and and uh, restrict data access, uh, and the encryption features is necessary for for compliance in a lot of uh, cases. Um, you know, going forward, the, some of the things that we're aiming for for 1.0, like, like Stack was saying, uh, cl cleaning things up and being a better citizen in the ecosystem is really about operability, right? Um, 
uh, making uh, HBase uh, resource management and, and usage more predictable. Some, some aspects of HBase deployment easier. Uh, uh, things like that. Um, Apache Phoenix, I think, very much fit, fits into the mix. You can think of Phoenix as the founding member of an ecosystem around Apache HBase. Uh, but but also the the SQL skin on top of HBase was was very much necessary to address um, a, a variety of user needs. So growth has been the en- engine of all of the improvements that you've you've heard about. It's worth mentioning that uh, HBaseCon is, uh, is is the one place this year where you can come see a showcase of of, of use cases like I've talked about. Uh, and success stories of, uh, of revolving around HBase and people deployments of HBase. Uh, and, you know, some candid talk about where the rough edges are and, uh, and where things need to improve. Um, and so all of the pros and cons of using HBase that we couldn't possibly do justice in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, and finally, to, to, to answer what, uh, to what Lars was mentioning, uh, some of, some of the work that, that, that I'm working on uh, and that our team at Intel is, is working on is uh, making HBase more suitable for addressing uh, large memory systems. Um, there are some, some difficulties with, with uh, Java-based software uh, being able to address and, and properly uh, utilize uh, the, I, w- I would call it the new commodity, right? Um, servers with 120 gigs of memory or more. We want to make HBase uh, uh, better able to, to, to utilize all of that memory um, without uh, resorting to uh, tricks like running multiple region servers per server to soak up that extra RAM, uh, keeping the Java heat fairly small. Um, we have a multi-pronged uh, approach. We're, we're taking a look at some things that we can do uh, uh, in conjunction with the, the, the Java developer community to, to make the JVM better uh, foundationally uh, and also architecturally within HBase. Um, do things like move our, our major allocators uh, off heap, like the block hash and the, the mem store right at the top to allocators of HBase memory. If we can move those off heap, then, then um, the, some of the, the, the drawbacks that we see trying to run large heaps are, are, are no longer a factor. Um, and so we can act more like an in-memory database for some use cases where we would want to have HBase in that role. Thank you, Lars and uh, Stock and Andrew, uh, for being uh, on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for helping get the, the HBaseCon word out. HBaseCon.com. <laughs>